Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. Not with me is Filtercord because he's off on remote location. I don't think anyone told us where we were sending him. But this week we do have Johnny Riot with us. Yeah, yeah. I think Filtercord's actually off trapped in an Excel spreadsheet. Ah, yes, yes. He did check in with us, so that's one thing. Also, this week we have uh, one of our longtime listeners, good friend of mine, uh, Major Potty. How's it going, man? That's going all right. Good, good. Yeah, thanks for joining us for the show. Um, it's going to be a little different, I feel like, because usually you listen to the show and now you're going to be like on it. So that's, I think that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice you're, to join in on this. Yeah, you're like, do I need to listen to this week's show? <laughs> because I was part of it. Well, but yeah, we have a background noise to help with uh, ratings boost or whatnot. <laughs> Sure. Uh, but yeah, this week we have um, we, we have some some good stuff to talk about. A few things happened this week. Um, but one of the things that I can say is uh, the game's releasing. There's not a lot going on there. Uh, before we jump into that, if you guys get the chance, as always, head over to facebook.com backslash Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff over there. Uh, and as well, follow us on Twitter. At Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live and do jumps just like this. Um, why don't we jump into those games releasing uh, releasing between March fifteenth uh, and the twenty first. Uh, first one up that is probably the biggest release this week. I, I, I want to start some before we even get fully into this. I'm going to point out a fun little fact. Not a single title on this entire list of things releasing this week is a universal release um everything yeah. has already come out somewhere else or is just here and then is releasing somewhere else after or just did it's it's yeah. really it's really like kind an, of it's kind of eye-opening and frustrating <laughs> it's like an and also kind of week uh and also it's over here um the first one uh, coming out March 16th is Elder Scroll Online Flames of Ambition, uh, which I have looked literally, I haven't looked at at all. So I don't know. I see an Oblivion Gate. Every <laughs> Elder Scrolls expansion looks good. Like they all, they have a really good way of making you want to play them until you play them. Oh yeah, I mean the trailers that they keep releasing for each of these expansions is just it. The cinematically, they're just really beautiful. And then on top of that, I have a I'm friends with a couple up in Nashville. They're a married couple whose main like connection is that every night they play this game, and then they try to convince me to join them in on this too. <laughs> nice. It's fun. Uh, the game, when I played it originally from beginning to end, um, you know, this was this was the game that got me into streaming. Um, like, I was like, oh, I have early access to it. Yeah, I feel like people would like to see that. We met a lot of, like, longtime listeners of the show um, and that follow us on social media from that instance. Um, and it, it was fun, you know, Playing through, especially with a large guild, which is what we created off of that, like, 200-plus-person stream. 
um, which was crazy. They all kind of came back and they're like, yeah, I'm definitely looking for that guild specifically. Um, and it, it was it was really fun to play with that large group of people. And I think we did that for like a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, but looking back at it, the game it was incredibly hollow. Yeah, I will say that I still have some very frustrating memories of Elder Scrolls Online um, from launch because I remember us all pre-ordering it. We were all hyped to play it. And for some reason, the one thing we never discussed leading up to launch was what platform we were all getting it on. Mm. Um, because I was getting it on PlayStation and everybody else at work was getting it on Xbox. And I didn't have an Xbox at the time. Yeah, me either. I got it on PlayStation. Um, and that's and I, been my thing too, is that I've been trying to mainly focus on PlayStation myself, but the couple that I aforementioned have been trying to get me into it, um, they're Xbox. They actually have two Xboxes with TVs set up beside each other, so they're playing together that way. And I did well, I mean, pick up the, the base edition that way and played mm -hmm. like one night with them, but I haven't touched it since because I just... I'm not on that platform as often. Yeah, and it is... I think it's free now on Game Pass. I think that was one of the titles that came out this week that we'll talk a bit more about. But I do love what it, this game brings to the table. Whereas, you know, we play games like... I remember when Skyrim came out, and it was like, oh, look at this deep dive into this area of the... You know, of, of the... In the Elder Scrolls world. You know, diving into Skyrim, but this takes you everywhere. This takes you to Black Marsh and High Rock, and um, you know, you can go to all of these places. You can fabricate all these stories, which is what my what what our guild did. I don't know if it's still doing it. I passed the guild torch to somebody else, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was really cool to kind of fabricate those things that were not not in the game originally. Especially things that I found interesting, like um, like Black Marsh, uh, you know, the the Argonians and the original um, like dive into um, like the Dark Brotherhood. It, th th there's definitely a lot of fun to be had with this game, but at the end of the day, I still feel like the game is incredibly hollow, and even with all these expansions don't feel like the end game is as strong as other things in this um you know in the mmo field so i don't know but that is coming out ps4 xbox one here on march 16th also on the 16th we have the kingdoms of amalar re-reckoning edition um And yeah, KOA was one that yeah, I also picked up. I picked it up on Xbox, wanted to play it again. I'm, I'm not going to touch that game forever. Um, I super support it, which is why I bought it again, because I was very excited to get my hands on that game, because I loved it back on 360. Um, but finally seeing it on Switch is exciting. Um, again, another game that we've had for a while. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the, the theme, uh, the theme with this one. Um, up next, uh, same day, coming out for PS5 and the Series X, the Monster Truck Championship. Um, I don't know. 
if you like <laughs> if you like driving big vehicles and breaking stuff, maybe this is the game for you. Yeah, and this is uh, a, this specifically is releasing in the U.S. right now, so I'm not sure if it's set that it's already dropped somewhere else, or if it's about to drop somewhere else, or it's just a very American game. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that as we are doing backflips in Gravedigger and trying to <laughs> land on people's just campers. This is... Someone lives there. That's what they don't tell you. There's someone inside, and uh, they were just trying to, you know... Make some mac and cheese, and you just crushed everything. <laughs> now it does seem like it has a, a decent amount of customization for your like. Have they went down the like Rocket League path with this? You know what I mean. It seems like that would be a pretty much a. It's that, yeah, it's that, it, sh- it should be something that they kind of look at. Uh, it looks fun enough, but it also looks like I'm never going to spend money on a game like that. If I were still like a teenager, well, sorry, if I were still like 13 or 12 or so, maybe, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, as well, aside from that, uh, we do have uh, Samurai Showdown. Coming out yeah. to the Switch. Um, uh, no, for the for the Series X. Or a Series X, excuse me. Yeah, Samurai um, Showdown dropping on the Sex. Um, Hype, that's one of those games that we got for free on Epic back when it launched. Um, very excited for that. Um, just to finally see it hit another platform aside from PC and PS, well, PlayStation. And then, um, and then we have Stubbs, Zombie, uh, Rebel Without a Pulse, which was an original Xbox title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really, this week, so far, as far as Tuesday goes, if you have ESO and want to play that new expansion, and uh, forgot to point out, that's just matters for console. That expansion came out over a week ago on PC and Stadia. Right. So, literally, nothing so this, is- this week is new aside from Monster Truck Championship. Crazy. Um, and then Thursday... Big hitter, guys. We've all been waiting for it forever. Everyone's favorite, favorite, favorite Square Enix flop of the year. Um, <laughs> Marvel's Avengers finally getting that PS5 and Series X release, apparently. Um, ba, ba, ba. News to me, because I totally forgot, and I could have swore that it got delayed out for who knew how long, and they definitely didn't really actively talk about this release date past some announcements they made back at the end of February that I just did not pay attention to. Um, yeah, no, I, I felt like it got pushed, and I think the thing that I kept seeing that was confusing, if you do search up, hey, when does the Marvel's Avengers come out on PS5 and Series X, it pops up and says, uh, like, August, whatever, the original release uh, of, of the game. Um, that's what threw me off. I was like, wait, no, it says August. Oh, wait, that says August 2020. Yeah, so like uh, February 22nd was the last time they made a big announcement. I guess that's when they dropped this release date on us um, mm-hmm. because by then the new updates will go through that make the game more grindy. Um, Yay! Yeah, it is what it is. I might finally get a chance to pop the game in, though, which will be uh, neat, I guess. Um, I, I'll play through the campaign once. Um, I think it's kind of shocking that one of the biggest... Um, improvements to the game is that a recent or upcoming update lets you replay the campaign missions. 
Oh, thank God. That was my favorite thing about uh, Avengers was the actual campaign itself. And I was bummed out about the fact that you weren't able to replay those missions, at least as like a story. And I thought that's where this game really kind of shown was um, Kamala Khan's story of becoming part of the Avengers and everything. For sure. That was definitely the hands down probably the best portion of the game is just kind of... Um, Everything that transpired, just the breakdown, and then like putting the pieces back uh, back together, definitely. Good. Um, the thing that really, I think, the thing that burnt me the most was, and it was the same thing with uh, uh, um, Watch Dogs Legion, is just the tracking of certain things in the game. It's like, hey, do fifty of those. Were they hive missions on the hardest difficulty? Yep, and it. Like, I know even other media personalities were saying, like, I know I've done 50. <laughs> it's uh, 100% I've done 50. I started doing, like, uh, a couple a day on this day, and I should be done by now, and I'm not. Um, so, really, really interesting um, that, you know, I, I don't know, that this game, it seems like a shoe in to be something that was uh, amazing. And it was good. Definitely wasn't amazing. No, it, it had all the momentum going for it up to launch and everything. That I mean, you have the backing of like one of the most popular franchises of all time going for it and everything. But I think right. just the lack of uh, a path forward for it, granted part of that understandably because of complications like COVID, Mm-hmm. And uh, the actor for Black Panther's passing away, delaying their ability to, you know, trying to make sure that they don't, hey, here's Wakanda, we know this is going, not trying, you know, be more sensitive to that situation. But it seems like for most of the things that just the path forward just has been non-existent for this game. Yeah. Unfortunately for Avengers, like, even at first reveal, it wasn't strong. It wasn't a good look for them. Um, everybody looked at it as, oh, this is all like Kmart version appearances for what we're used to seeing now because we're all spoiled by the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't hear a lot. And then we saw the voice talent going in with it. And then we saw a little bit of the level structure and the combat stuff, which was kind of neat. And even then in the early footage, we saw stuff was going to be very repetitive. And it, they just weren't able to cap off the the hype at the right point i guess and really set the proper tone and the proper expectation for it um and it was square enix's like biggest title of the year like it was it was huge aside from final fantasy 7 remake it was this yeah yeah so it, it it's definitely crazy the i mean they tried to they really tried to do what Studio, I feel like all studios try to do. Let's try to make the most out of this game with the least amount of assets. And how how much can... Like, let's make a, a toy box full of toys. How much fun can we get out of those toys? And it, it really... Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that the toys were different enough. I think they were they were too too much alike. I think the things that were good though were things that people complained about initially. I really actually liked the focus on 
um, like more comic book style characters rather than the MCU's characters. I, I thought that was cool. That. I think that I think that that um, model of trying to differentiate itself away from the movie, its cinematic movie universe. Um, could you know was the right call on their part so that way they're not risking uh, you know story confusions of why this character is acting in this manner when in the movies and, and that's why when they first revealed the character models for myself it, it wasn't too much of a bad thing for me because I understood that but I don't think their messaging of this is a different style of Avengers than you know was as strong as what it needed to be, and so I think that's why expectations for it were not what they were hoping to get from, from the audience. I mean, unfortunately, when it comes to Marvel anything now, because of the cinematic universe and how much new crazy things have been done with the comics and stuff, it's really hard to not have that be a high bar. Oh, um, yeah. By default, if you make a product from that universe, it's going to be a high bar, and you've got to be—you've got to go all in. You've got to be able to go all in on it, and be ready to wow people. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing is they just didn't—they didn't go all in enough. They—they must have. It looks like they held back in a couple places where they should have gone bigger. And now we've got a game that most people played once and never touched again. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the story's really done really well, but you can tell the areas that they were like, "Here's our focus, and here is not." Um, like looking at the story and the way that the game plays out feels very, very well fleshed out. But then once you break away from that and you're in a mission and you're running it, it through the same map for the third or fourth time, um, it's just like, man, why? Like, wh like, why am I doing this? Oh, um, it's very hyperbolic in the way that the game structure itself is set up. Yeah. But the, I do think that the game and the characters are, uh, of course, full of life. You know, these characters that we know and some of these ones that we're not too familiar with. Um, so it, it's, it, it is a heavy bag. It's, it's a good mix of, like, good and bad. Uh, it... It would it would do well. It could do incredibly well um, if they focused on this title, like whether or not they wanted to make uh, a, a, like a second game, or they took everything um, in this and they kind of did a, a heavy two point um, It feels like a new IP, the very first game in a new IP, very much so. I you know it always has that like. This is new. It doesn't quite match up to. Doesn't quite match up to what, uh, what I was expecting. You know, usually we make those comparisons. Like, hey, why isn't this game, like, um, like looking at anything that came out that is an uh, open world uh, game where you can drive a car and shoot a gun? Why isn't this Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> that kind of thing. I get a lot of Destiny 1 vibes from this game. And I think with this, the difference between of why it's not so much acceptable, uh, or uh, for lack of a better term, I guess, 
now with Avengers is that Destiny was kind of trying to pioneer in the shared world experiences, trying to combine the lessons learned from things like World of Warcraft with their own first-person shooter experiences. Whereas here, Avengers has the lessons that have been learned from companies like Bungie and stuff, but yet still seem to be kind of repeating the same pattern that what a lot of these uh, games as a services prior to it had to learn already. Yeah, yeah, they, <clears throat> I mean, and I think that that thing, and I think it goes back to what Johnny was saying, is that Gotham is, it's compared to the MCU. If, yeah, if like, it didn't have that comparison, if this was a comic book, I couldn't even imagine getting this game as a big comic book fan before the MCU came out. It would have been like, holy shit, Like, look at all these characters. This yeah, is awesome. It may have made a huge difference back then. Like, If you look back at Ultimate Alliance, <clears throat> oh yeah. my God. those games were amazing back then. Are yeah. they now? Not so much. Like, We have higher standards now. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the perfect example was... Um, the uh, the switch release of what was that the new uh, uh, the Black Alliance Order three I think, was the Ultimate Alliance three Black Order yeah yeah it that should have done incredibly well by all standards and I don't think it did that well at all I know it, I bought it, it I like it it was I did neat, not but I definitely got <laughs> into it and tried to get max out as many characters as I did for a good few months there right right. But, man, I don't know. I, I think it just, um, we're spoiled. Oh, 100%. Definitely. <laughs> um, but aside from that, last game that's releasing uh, between the 15th and 21st is Plants vs. Zombies Battles, Battle for Neighbor, Neighborville. Yeah, on the Switch. Um, another game that's just out everywhere else, just releasing on the Switch these days. Yeah, this was one um, of those that Nintendo talked about during that treehouse that happened, or that Nintendo presents, and we were just like, okay, it's Plants vs. Zombies. It's been out forever already. Um, I am surprised there's still a demand for that franchise. Yeah, me too. And I'm surprised that there's a demand for this franchise in this form that we have them in. Yeah, I, I, it's weird that it became not what Plants vs. Zombies originally was. It, it you know, it's not even people don't have a demand for that like what we would consider just to be a mobile game format anymore. They want, you know, I feel like kids want this or whatever. That's interesting. It's very Splatoon like. It's not a franchise that I'm too familiar with, so... I mean, the original Plants vs. Zombies was... I, I the, thought it was a lot of fun. You the know, original the, original was cool. Um, yeah. The first Garden Warfare game was neat, because it was different. Yeah. And that's where it just kind of needed to stay. Like, they didn't need to, to flesh it out more, but it's because they were very kid-friendly games. They were games parents were buying for their kids. Yeah. Um, so of course there's more money in let's buy this whole other game because you can be corn like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always dream of just being corn you know street like corn whatever you want it to be 
It's it's weird, but like that's why the games did so well. That's why they sold like crazy. Is because they were they were targeted to children, um, and the parents were okay with it because oh, it's a zombie and vegetable game. Like whatever the fuck that is, yeah. but like it worked. So yeah, just the idea of saying plants versus zombies. It's like saying the words, like why would they fight each other? What is zombies don't give a shit, right? <laughs> I don't know, um, but you can maybe zombies are getting into like plant-based foods now. Yeah, they're they're, they're like, see, uh, we're trying to go a little bit more green, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, all the things that are coming to other things that you own and other places. Uh, this week. Um, th- maybe this next week, week we'll have a... a this week release. brought to you by games that you could have played six months ago on one platform, but now want to play somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so with Filter out on location, he did check in. Uh, of course, excited for his uh, Excel spreadsheet game. Um, Crusader Kings 3 Northern Lords does come out on the 16th. Um, so that was the big note that he put in here. Um, it was basically uh, a holy shit. I've already put 300 hours into Crusader Kings. Um, here, this expansion, which doesn't look massive, um, but definitely big enough to add some new flavor and life to the game. He's going to probably put in another 150 hours. Um, it does come with a small free expansion, uh, a very, very modest little update that... Um, I imagine just sets up for people um, to be able to pick up this expansion. Expansion's five bucks, uh, really, really, um, really cheap, uh, and it comes with a ton of extra stuff: um, visual things like new art, three D models, uh, music, events, um, and things like that. Um, but what's more interesting is what yeah, I think is those events. Um, the like the Viking Raiders that, you know, the plan invasions, um, you know, the pillage and things like that when you're least expecting it kind of throws a new, um, you know, a new thing that you have to keep an eye out for, uh, into the mix. So I imagine he's pretty stoked about that. Um, he put a, uh, just over five and a half minute video here. Um, I watched about 30 seconds of it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's a lot of the, it's a lot of dev talk. So it's it's a lot yeah. of what they wanted to do with the DLC, I guess. So um, if you're a fan of Crusader Kings, you're gonna have it. Like it's just yeah. by default what you people do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, I mean, what they do, they do incredibly well. Looking at it from like like an objective standpoint of all of these moving pieces. This has probably more moving pieces than, you know, some of the biggest AAA games um, behind the scenes because it's constantly looking for the, um, like, the coding. I couldn't even imagine on, you know, what it's telling it to direct to. And the biggest thing is, just knowing these games from the past, is the visual upgrade in this thing. Um, It might not look impressive, uh right away but just having all of the things behind the scenes that are functioning and then having this level 
graphically is pretty impressive. And then on top of that, they set up a really, really, really good looking user interface um, for you to be able to navigate when it comes to, you know, making decisions or just looking at the, like your battle map and everything like that. Um, so, you know, as much as we dog on filter for, you know, enjoying his spreadsheet games, um, it's, it, it's pretty, pretty tough. They did a fantastic job with making this. That's why people like it as much as they do, you know, that core audience. So um, I imagine when he comes back in probably, I'd say, two weeks, he's going to be talking about this pretty heavily. So uh, just everyone, uh, what episode will that be? Uh, probably yeah. 180 I think, or 185. I think by um, the time he comes back, he's going to be a whole different person, and he's not going to be talking about these kind of games anymore. You don't he's going to so? be like okay. super into like Madden and 2K. <laughs> He, he might really, be really... The he's game gonna, that turned it around was the Monster Truck Championship. He's going right? to move into a new spreadsheet game. It's going to be like just... He's going to be stat grinding and, and team building in his sports games. Oh, he'll be back. Maybe he'll be back in time for MLB The Show. I will quit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about mid-maxing AC Milan to be the best in the Italian League or something. Oh, man. I, I, I only understood like two of those words. I have enough money to kick this monitor clean off my table. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, moving on to your guys' weekly freebies, Epic Game Store, continuing to pump out the goodies. Uh, Surviving Mars, you can now own that on Epic Game Store. Um, yeah, we talked about that one a bit last week. It's basically just a uh, like colony like survival style game um it looks fun i I just i I haven't sat down and played it and i know we normally don't talk about anything outside of that but um weirdly enough steam tossed a freebie out this week and they threw out metro 2033 they did which is fine because i already have that in eight places (laughs) eight other places i thought it was like do we do we talk about it i guess steam's trying to give something away cool um it's it's fucking steam Exactly. Like it, it, I don't know. But if you really do want it, you know, it's over there. Another, I think I already own it over there, to be honest. If you really want it in another other place. Yeah. Um, and then, let me look at the date on that guy. Um, from March 18th to the 25th, uh, they, uh, Epic Game Store is giving out The Fall, um, which is a tense action puzzle game. Um, kind of more touting off about its about its story. Um, I really don't know too much about this, but I feel like see. from looking at it that I may already own it somewhere. It looks familiar. It, it did say that it was 2014's uh, nomination for uh, nomination for 2014. Yeah, I feel uh, like it was story. a PS4 or PS Plus game ages ago. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it is that standard, uh, it looks like it's a, like a, looks pretty heavily like a 2D game. I don't know. It might be like a 2.5D game, depending. Um, but of course, you know, you're moving back and forth, you know, left and right, navigating puzzles and levels. Uh, and you can, I imagine, um, you know, if you were to hook up a controller, 
use that right stick to move your gun up and down to like turn your character like a lot of um like we see a lot of games these days um doing um like the first side comes scrolling along, like my, the side my scrolling friend twin stick yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of like uh my friend pedro the way that they have their gameplay set up very very similar but these guys did it first obviously back in 2013 2014 so uh more freebies just lining that uh um epic game store uh library for you and of course still giving out uh sledge life the mini adventure for thimbleweed park three out of ten uh and spellforge three they're not right. all bangers but at least they keep giving stuff out yeah yeah it, i don't know they give out a lot of really good stuff, so it's hard to, you know, when you're always get. I feel like we've got a lot of good things, especially when we're coming off of the holiday, when they do, what, like 15 or 20 days of really good free stuff. Um, you know, it's hard to compete with yourself when it comes to that. All right. uh, so let's jump into the weekly uh, weekly news. Um, this one, actually, the first one here, uh, is talking a bit about Destiny. Um, Major Potty's the one who popped this one into the weekly news. Uh, you and I played a bit of Destiny 2. This topic being, um, about them cutting the Forsaken expansion. Yeah. Uh, and I know before the show you talked a bit more about that. Well, we, uh, when we were playing this this last summer... It was because that they had announced that they were going to be cutting the original year one content, or not so much cutting, but vaulting it to be released at a different time uh, back over the summer. And so with the um, certain uh, legendaries that were tied to that kind of thing, you and I were trying to grab as many of those as we could. And what was it? It was... um, Black Spindle was the name of the sniper rifle that you and I tried to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that sounds right. It was, it was Black Spindle, or that was like a Destiny 1 gun where we were trying to get the Destiny 2 variant of it. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while since we played. But I figured right. I'd bring this up because here we have Bungie announcing that their now year 2 content is um, also going to be destined to be vaulted um, in the near future, so that way they can make room for newer content. They also talked about in the article about the reason why is that they wanted to try to keep players in the current line of story, and they realized that in one aspect of the story, uh, Aldrich, the um, antagonist for the Forsaken DLC, um, originally was someone who kind of ambiguously was supposed to be helping you, but then in the Forsaken DLC, he was the antagonist of that storyline because, um, spoilers, uh, the very first few minutes, he kills Cade 6, and so the storyline is you going after him in a revenge mission. And mm-hmm. so they wanted to try to create a more cohesive story flow with what is going on with Destiny. Though, because they're cutting this content, I can't help but feel a little bit slighted with this, because this is 
look, it, these, uh, this content isn't like season passes that you find in, say, uh, Fortnite or Warzone or something, where it's expected to be seasonal. They're not, there isn't too much for it. And you don't have to buy into it in order to get your, um, to get the, um, some of the experience out of it. Whereas with this, this is a full-blown expansion of, like, a year's worth of content that is now being taken off along with the year one. And I just can't help but feel that it's weird that they're going this route where you pay for content, kind of like a season pass, but on a more grander scale. But now I guess we're supposed to now include this in the same season pass expectation that eventually this will also be removed and you will no longer own this. And I find that a I, I understand the justifications they're going, but I don't approve of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, it, it, when you buy content you know, for a game, you expect to be purchasing that content to play that whenever you want. And for them to be able to vault that and say, oh... Well, you know, we, we we just want to, you know, make a more cohesive story. So we're going to go ahead and, you know, pop that out. And, you know, it, it might come back a little bit later. But who's to say they won't charge people again for that content again later? Um, I don't we're going think they to be renting will. it? I, I don't think they will either. Because but... they're trying to bring back Destiny 1 content. Like this year, from what I've understood, they brought back the Cosmodrome. And the vault, of, and there it's either out or is come, supposed to be coming out. The Vault of Glass raid, which was the oh the original, original. Destiny one uh, raid back in 2014. But the question is, do you have to pay for that again? I don't think you do. With if you have the free, the legacy content, yes. Yeah, if you have the if they pop that in the free version or whatever, yeah, you know that's completely cool but then again you know if they pop it in the free version people who necessarily didn't pay for it the first time how do you differentiate how do you differ yeah. yeah so it's it's a weird uh they're, they're kind of painting themselves into a corner no i i agree and i i mean they just broke off of activision just a couple of years ago i know that they're trying to figure out a new business model for the way forward on this I'm not sure this is, at least for me personally, I don't feel like this is the way that I would have gone with this. And I know that yeah. as, I, I mean, I was a longtime Destiny fan. I was, I, as soon as, sorry about this, my, I was starting to get tongue-tied there. Destiny was, when it was originally announced with the PS4 announcement, that's what pushed me to want to go to PS4 back during that generation uh, launch because mm. it just I was all enraptured with what they were promising for that. And even with how Destiny 1 Year 1 was, I still loved the game and spent hundreds, probably thousands of hours into Destiny 1. And I, yeah, there's I've made friendships because of that game. Uh, with people all across the world because of it. But with the way that 
this has been going forward, I don't know if Destiny is the game for me personally anymore because I would like to be able to retain the content that I purchase. And I'm also a big story person. And that's something that I know that Bungie has made leaps and bounds and improvements on trying to create story for the Destiny universe, but it still has always been something that they've kind of struggled with. And I would like to be able to retain as much as much access to that story within the game itself and not, say, uh, a mobile app that, a mobile companion app after you collect X amount of ghosts or something like that. Right. So I I do have to ask, uh, this idea of them treating it like a season pass, but it's not really a season pass. It's stuff that you've already paid for that is, you know, in... I feel like everyone's mind. If you buy a DLC, you own that DLC. And they're now saying, nope, we're actually going to go ahead and vault that. And it's because their game's too big. Um, So that, I guess, brings me to the main, well, my main question. Um, And I think Activision could have helped them with this a bit more. Uh, For Call of Duty, they have, uh, you have the ability to say, okay, I just want to install multiplayer. I just want to install zombies. Uh, part one of the story, part two of the story. You can remove these things from your system. Storage is not, you know, especially on next-gen consoles. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, the, Xbox has a, a really good, um, you know, they, they have something moving forward. Sony's still kind of talking about, you know, expanding their storage. And there's things that you can do but if you want to keep everything all in one system, looking at something like Destiny, you're probably looking at a good 120 gigs, if not more. Um, do you think that that's a better idea? Do you think having the ability to go in and download, um, you know, the stuff from one, uh, you know, expansion one, expansion two, you know, kind of piece it out? I want to play this specific so- thing. I don't think that better? that's necessarily the size issue. Um, I, I don't think it's really a matter of how much hard drive space you're going to be taking up. I think it's too big as in what can they manage. Um, I think you're I, right I, on that too. It's, I don't it's know. Because more Call of Duty is already at a point where it won't run on a 500 gig console. Right. Well, So like when it comes I, to I, gigabyte, like actual install size, that's not. I don't think that's the problem we're looking at. I really think it's just a matter of they want to continue to give you a functional, good product, and we know that Destiny plays really well. Yeah. Um, when are they going to spread those? They don't want to spread their resources too thin across all this stuff. That, that was another thing that they mentioned in the GameSpot article was I think this was more about on their side of things that they didn't want to have a situation where you had eight different raids going on at the same time because I think it was more difficult for them on their side to be able to manage that kind of stuff than it was more on our side of hard drive space. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, rotating the raids seems more like the logical thing, which looks like what they're doing, you know, like, and if that's what they're saying, like, hey, the Forsaken, like, raid pieces are going to be, you know, thrown into that rotation. They won't be available all of the time. They'll be available some of the time. Um, I think that's a little bit more acceptable than 
uh, saying like, hey, the entirety of the expansion, we're just going to, you know, kind of remove that content so you can't really do anything else with it. Yeah, um, I, I am inclined to agree with you, though I will say I am not one of their developers, so I don't know what kind of undertaking that would require for them to just only rotate a raid or only rotate that kind of stuff. And this could very well, and, and this is to kind of in defense to my original point, uh, th this might be the only solution they have just with their capabilities going forward, especially with their split from Activision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could definitely be. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Like, as good as the, the gunplay in this game is amazing. Um, I, I still think the story is a little it, I, I think it could be a lot better um, and Destiny should be something that I feel like should be like a mainstay for someone like me but it's just I don't know I, I think I'm with you it just doesn't feel um, I, I don't know it just it doesn't, doesn't have that there, there's something block. about it yeah there's just <laughs> something about it that's, yeah I, even originally, like, I played Destiny 1 a lot. Um, and it wasn't a, like, oh, I, I beat the game, I'm, I'm done with it kind of situation. It was just more of a, uh, like, one day I stopped playing, and then I went back to it later, and I, even Destiny 2, I didn't even jump on Destiny 2 for years, until it was given out for free. And it, and finally... It was probably last year, to be honest. If not, you know, 2019 at the at the earliest, that at, at late 2019, that I jumped into it, um, and I felt the same way at the at the end uh, when I started playing again as I did at the end. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's fun, but there's just something about it that feels. Like I don't know, it, it just it, wasn't it, for you. I don't want to say polished because it's definitely polished, but it doesn't feel. I don't know. It kind of feels a little cheap. I, I don't know if that's the. I don't know. That's the best. I think I know what you're trying thing to that say. That I can kind of. Uh, but convey. I can't think of a synonym that it would be just as appropriate. But I think I understand what you're trying to get at. That yeah, it just it, I, I, maybe it watered like, down. Yeah. Uh, now, I, as someone that stayed out of Destiny for so long that has tried to get back into it multiple times, um, mm -hmm. I will say the the hardest part for me is that every time I want to start to get back into it, it, it feels like I'm starting a different game because I take time in between, and I always want to start again and be like, oh, I can do this, and it's a completely different experience based on what content's there and what's not. So I, I get the idea that it can be confusing for people if you have all these overarching stories like taking place where you don't know what you're what it, it's almost like having what has someone throw out the world and stuff. Yeah, it's the equivalent of having all these awesome comic books, but 
you don't have a cover for any of them and all the pages are just kind of scattered and none of them are numbered. <laughs> so you can kind <laughs> of start true. putting two and two together when you're looking at some of them and you realize like, oh, fuck, that was actually page six of like this story arc, not this one. Damn it. That's why I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it's going on right now for people. And that's why I haven't messed with Destiny in so long is it's such a, I want to be able to focus and get through something. Oh, no, that's. And I, what you're talking about is part of the reason why I think I ultimately eventually stopped playing myself. I, I kept up with the expansions as as they rolled out as much as I could. They're my Forsaken. I was a little late in joining on that, but I still ended up playing it in the same year that it came out. Uh, but even if you stopped and left for like, say a month or two or maybe five months sometimes and you jump back in i had the same feeling that you were having where it felt like i am in a whole new game and the only way forward is i need to re-roll and do a whole new character all over again yeah which is already a bad habit of mine to begin with i didn't need any encouragement for that to continue on <laughs> But yeah, we'll, <clears throat> we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on this. I, I'm interested to see what what content is going to be shelved. Um, yeah, like entirely. Uh, if, if it is everything, or if it, they're just saying, "Hey, we're just kind of taking out these very specific things." Um, yeah, we'll keep an eye keep an eye on that. All right. So I I just learned about this next article. Um, <laughs> when they were talking, I feel like we may have talked about it briefly, uh, but I completely forgot. Uh, but apparently, there was a Genshin Impact KFC crossover event uh, that was happening in China, um, and I think Brian, you did a pretty fun job of explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, KFC just continuing to be the weird self that they are, from dating sims to a uh, console yeah. that can heat your chicken um here they were doing a um kind of a real world uh crossover event where they were popping up kfc or sorry they were popping up genshin impact kfc stores in two major cities in china and it got so much traffic to it that it it's ended up violating china's covid19 regulations and they had to uh cancel the experience and there's a video in the kotaku article about this where it's just a person walking down this ridiculously long line of people all sitting um most of them probably playing genshin impact on their phones waiting to get into this kfc that has one of the characters on this window and when they get in there like (laughs) What do we, they just get in in-game stuff? Yeah, I think that's essentially what it is. Is that it was just a promotional uh, bit to get uh, in-game goodies. That seems and insane, right? It is. It's 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 the worst thing you can do in this past year. <laughs> yeah. um, but for for their sake, they're not the first company to do it. Like. Yeah, it's a stupid idea to to tell people to line up outside of a restaurant over a fucking mobile game, or well, it's not even just mobile, but over a video game. But can we really be that mad at them when our entire country still did the same thing on Black Friday? 
Oh, no, not in the slightest. We're, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's still a very stupid idea. Um, really, really dumb. But at the same time, like, I'm honestly just surprised. <laughs> promotion. I'm honestly just surprised by it. Like, KFC cross promos don't don't surprise me in the slightest. Like, I, so crazy. You can at this point tell me that there is going to be a KFC like Adam and Eve crossover where you're getting a popcorn chicken filled dildo, and I wouldn't be at all surprised um but austin's ears just perked up somewhere (laughs) probably probably (laughs) but like why do you think it's a good idea to do something like this in the middle of a still existing global pandemic um some countries are doing way better than we are and i'll give them that some countries this is okay to do stuff in but even if you're doing better you still don't want thousands of people lining up outside of specific places like this well, it seems like it's something so silly, right? I mean, what what would be the like American equivalent? I know we just had um, Pokemon Go. I think. Well, so, the no, well no, we just no, had the Pokemon no. event at McDonald's. No, no, no. Let's go even bigger with this, guys. Remember a few years ago when the Szechuan sauce came back? Oh God. Yeah, oh, but God, that, that's it. That was that's yeah. It. Now well, but, imagine if that would have only been like. Well, two or three specific apples. locations, not several across multiple states. Um, imagine if it would have only been a couple locations, not spread out. Like, you know, I had mm-hmm. two or three in my city alone, but imagine if we only had one in, like, the entire, like, corner of the state. Yeah. People would line up. People would lose their minds. On the upside, at least these people weren't being vicious assholes to each other. They were just chilling, waiting in line. Yeah, they, uh, it, 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 I guess the difference in America is if they run out... we're Americans. We're going to, yeah, we're going to riot, basically. There's probably going to be, like, four arrests made while you're waiting in line, and one dude busted for <laughs> trying to sell meth to someone else in line. I like, felt so sorry for the McDonald's employees watching oh, the for videos sure. that came out from that. It's just like, these are guys that are working minimum wage just to make ends meet and stuff. And here you have all these, um, you know, just people coming in demanding a specific sauce that was referenced in a cartoon. And so I was in line. I (laughs) went to our local McDonald's for it. Me and the wife went, we waited and waited and the line was wrapped around the building twice, no, three times. It was insane. Um, and they were giving out posters and stuff too, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But we made it so far up, and then there were groups of people cutting in line, like joining other groups to become like, oh, you're two people with a couple waiting here, and then your eight friends showed up. No, fuck you, get to the back of the line. Yeah. Um, but And then, come to find out, the location where we were at said oh, most of ours got damaged. So we only had about 10 packets. We only had one case to be able to hand out, and we don't have any of the other stuff anymore. So most of our stuff got damaged. It's all, it's all we, had, we couldn't give it out. Um, and then it was getting sold on Facebook and Craigslist and shit that night. Like, the employees yep. were stealing it to sell it. So that's the problem with this country doing that kind of event. And it was only select McDonald's restaurants, right? 
yeah. it wasn't all, yeah. all across the board because I feel like that's what it was. I re- definitely remember it was, watching it was like select a video of a locations. Guy. Uh, two, I think two in my city did it, mm-hmm. uh, but the one I went to had the manager have to come out and say, "Sorry, guys, we don't have any. It was all damaged. We we don't have it." Um, and to me, that really just means cool, you guys are just as scummy as the Taco Bell people down the street that employees stole all the codes off the boxes for the fucking Xboxes. So Yeah, yeah. And I think that happened around here, too. I know I went um, went to Taco Bell. I was going somewhere, and I went to Taco Bell. And I was like, yeah, I'll take the, like, whatever it was, medium drink or whatever that gets you the code. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're all out of this. So, and they don't tell weird. you that. To, if you go to the drive-thru, they don't tell you that until you get your stuff. Right. Like there was genuinely one time I got handed my box and everything. I was like, where's the where's the thing for the, the entry to win? Oh, we ran out of those. Cool, then I don't want this food. Give me my money. Yeah. Please put <laughs> like I've done that at the drive through before because they were just that shitty and they're notorious for it at this location. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do know the Szechuan thing. That was at, I think it was, I'm trying to think. I think it was at three different in like a really close area around me. And it was the same story, though. Oh, we only had, you know, like X amount. We only had, we only we had so many, about. and these ones got damaged. And yeah, it's like we know you're lying. You guys are selling them online because there are people selling them online for twenty bucks for a packet right now. And it was a so reference ridiculous. in a cartoon, and yeah. the reference was really funny. Yeah, to be it, honest, it was a great <laughs> reference, and the show is really funny and stuff. I mean, I'll get, I'll take the opportunity to quote Mr. Meeseeks any day of the week, but uh, just the fan reaction of whenever, you know, to, like they end up at a McDonald's that wasn't doing the promotion or they ran out or something like that, it was just really kind of embarrassing to watch all of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this is weird. This seems like it's such a small thing, though. You know, the KFC portion of, like, well, you get DLC. It, well, like, I guess I don't have all the information. Was it, like, a voucher that they got after ordering food? Was it on a box? Um, or was it, like, when you would go into GameStop with your uh, 3DS and download, you know, whatever stuff we were pumping out for the freebies? Let me take a quick look to see. I escaped me at the moment. Yeah, I'm looking through to see if there's any info on that. To score a special pin featuring playable characters. So yeah, physical goodies, which is so even it's better fi- than the dumb shit we get to deal with. Yeah, yeah, physical waste. <laughs> but. So, Genshin Impact's been really (laughs) successful in China, though. I mean, given especially that it's a Chinese-developed game. It's been really successful everywhere. Everywhere. It's really good. Like, yeah. Even on, like, even just playing it on mobile. Yeah. It's awesome. I I still have it on my phone. I haven't played it in a while, but it's still really, really good. I tried it for a couple of hours, and I enjoyed it. I just haven't gotten back to it in forever. It's been sitting there... Like, yeah, I should try this a little bit more here. Maybe in a couple times where I'm working from home and need to take, like, a quick five-minute break or something like that. But just haven't gotten around to it. Sure. All right. Um, up next, uh, some good news for everyone who uh, has played Astro's Playroom, which everyone on this podcast. Um, 2020 Game of the Year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh 
their amazingly catchy soundtrack is now available like everywhere. So that's awesome. That was like the main thing I loved about that game. I remember talking to you guys about it when we um, recorded right after I got right after we got our PS fives. Mm-hmm. Um, Astro was my first platinum. As of right now, it's my only platinum. <laughs> I absolutely love that entire game, and the music was just so crazy catchy that it was kind of like if Daft Punk got like drafted into work on a video game for a <laughs> while because like it was just super good. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with it, and I'm, I'm so excited to see that it's out there on different streaming platforms now. Um, I would pay good money to get this on like actual vinyl. Vinyl, yeah, that that'd be, be sick. Awesome. Um, Twenty song album is out now uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and Title, which I don't know what that is. Title is <laughs> one of the better streaming platforms if you're in it to make sure the people get money. Um, okay. Title is also one of the most underutilized ones. It's one that goes on crazy, crazy sale for like year-long memberships and stuff through like Best Buy and everything. Um, I now am bothered because I can't remember who actually owns Title. But yeah, um, it, it has been a good couple weeks for video game music when we got all of the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake. Um, music dropping in various locations and now this um i know i had the final fantasy 7 stuff already like on rotation what i listen to regular so titles one... the one jay-z owns okay that that's why it was a big deal that's why i remembered it it's like someone important is all is like part of that um yeah so as much as you may hate jay-z like people get better pay through through title than they do through other streaming services it's the the Epic Games Store version of uh, music. Yeah, that's a weird way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a good one. Get out there and listen to that. Even if you haven't played the game, I can pretty much guarantee you'll be into this. Go get a PS5 just to play this game. Yeah. Oh, right absolutely. Now. Yeah, so good. Game of the year. <laughs> All right, Johnny, you drop the next one. Uh, Yeah, so next one is a big one that applies to me. Um because I'm a huge Square Enix nerd, um, aside from the fact that Avengers, we'll just ignore that Avengers exists for a minute, um, Square Enix did announce late, earlier last week that there is a Square Enix Presents happening on March 18th. It's going to be um, their little live stream event for spring. Um, and, of course, they're going to talk about Avengers. I don't care. Um, March 18th, though, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, um, that's going to be... Man, what time is it? Our time then? Like, I'm awful with uh, with time zones. Whatever. 10 yeah. o'clock California time, which leads to about 1 o'clock Eastern. So, um, they're going to be a big focus on some of their mobile stuff. There's going to be a big focus on uh, apparently a new Life is Strange game is going to be getting announced. Uh, that's what a lot of stuff is floating around about. Uh, but, of course, we're going to see more Outriders because the game drops next month. Um, we're going to see some stuff about Balan Wonderland, which drops later this month, which I'm not super excited for. Um, Anymore. I remember yeah, you were pretty excited was, for a while. I was super hyped for it until I played it, and I was like, this feels like a PS1 game. There's a demo out that you can download it, and it's not ter- It's not that it's bad, it's just that I'm not 13 anymore. Um, Fair. 
Tomb Raider, Marvel Avengers, and mobile stuff, including Just Cause Mobile, we'll probably see more about the Final Fantasy mobile games that are supposed to be coming. Um, I'm actually excited to see these sister title or stuff from Taito, because I like Taito titles a lot. So I'm really pumped to see what kind of stuff we end up getting out of that, be it um, just give me some classic bubble bobble goodness, and I'm always happy. Um, but it's Square. I would say, if anything, I would absolutely love to hear some more Final Fantasy 16 news. Um, yeah, that's the. I think the main thing that I that I would. I, I'm not expecting it, but that's what I. Oh yeah, would be I'd be so. For. I would be so happy um, because we got PS5 news for Final Fantasy 7 remake already. That's fine. Um, may, maybe this will be when we find out the release date for Xbox One or Xbox Series X version of Final Fantasy 7 remake. Um, yeah, could be. Yeah, I think I think Outriders is the. <clears throat> I feel like that might be the thing that, unless they have something big, uh, that they'll cap on. Just talking more, I could see that being like the end thing. Hey, here's you know like another twenty five minutes of, you know, unseen gameplay from Outriders, or whatever. It's all uh, unseen gameplay to you, Mister Can't Log In. Yeah, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how are you going to have... I don't know. It's probably... I, I didn't sit down and... and it's probably your like fault, I said it's fine. fine. <laughs> Is it my fault that they have more than one thing to log into for Square Enix? I've it never could had be a none. problem. It could be none. I've never had a problem, though. Oh, well, you had to log in. That's a problem. And I still play Final Fantasy fourteen. so... Yeah. Me too. I can play it. I can straight up play that and log in like normal. Well, that's because this isn't well, the same let me do it on It's Xbox. a different login. This exactly. Exactly. This Bingo. is your <laughs> dunk, and all my stuff's linked though, so I have I have no issues. I mean, um, but no, I, I want to see what they talk about. I, I am kind of excited for it. Um, I am really more excited for the Enix side of things. I would love more Dragon Quest news. I would love anything else coming from them there. Um, but because of this announcement, they did pop up a pretty big digital sale, at least on the eShop. So if you're looking to play some old Final Fantasies and stuff. Uh, Nintendo eShop has a lot of good deals right now going on for a few days because of this. Um, they're just, Square Enix is kind of a jack-of-all-trades anymore because they've absorbed so many other companies that you never know what to expect when they give a presentation. For sure. Because, um, I mean, first thing that comes to my mind when I hear them is Final Fantasy. Um, right. But th that's that's different for everybody. Some people look at them as, like, the, the Tomb Raider people now. Like, that's that's it for them. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they do other things in there, like the, like some of these mobile titles, like Just Cause. Just Cause is a really fun game, actually. The mobile looks pretty fun. Um, so, so I'm excited to see that. They have, um, as well, new mobile game announcements, like things that we haven't seen before. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the the mecha of stuff that I would be interested in seeing would be the uh, Final Fantasy sixteen, but uh, not holding my breath on that. I feel like this is just going to be. I feel like they would show that off at a very like a much larger showcase than um, like summer showcase. I feel like it would be it would be like a like an Xbox thing that would say like world premiere, yeah. like kind of thing, you know not um, one of their own shows where they're also focusing on things like 
a game releasing in like a month. But it'd be cool. All right. Uh, moving along. There yeah, moving is. Along, they, there was another little game announced that no one cares about. Um, yeah. And then we. Uh, and then I guess if we want to skip past that, since no one cares about it at all, especially <laughs> no one in this group of people. Really interested in um, that's all. Oh, Filter's not here, and that's oh, his he thing. Does, he he doesn't like it. No, that's totally his <laughs> thing. It's got to be. It's someone's thing. Um, this this is definitely something that got somebody really excited. I just can't remember who it was. Yeah, I feel like the name is just right there at the edge of my mind. Oh man, I, I could have swore it was filter, but I guess it's not. So we, I guess we're not going to spend much time on it. So uh, uh, there's a new like arcade style um, beat 'em up coming out um, that some of you guys might be excited for, or might like. I don't know. It's something based on like a some dumb cartoon or comic book or movie or toy or something. I think um, it's Daredevil, right? I think so. Based on I think Daredevil. so. Yeah. Uh, who? I'm trying to remember who. Put this together. Let me look. I have the thing pulled up here. Um, it is published by uh, Dotama, I think. Is yeah, is. it was. It was on the Dotama? screen for the video as it played. Yeah, uh, are they, they're the same guys who published uh, Streets of Rage Four, and then there is Tribute Games, the guys who did uh, Mercenary Kings. Which is really cool, but it is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Um, pixel art style, really good throwback to something like um, like Turtles in Time, or uh, good, you know, not only that, good throwback to people that watched the cartoon growing up as well. That so too. yeah, the um, characters are made in the cartoon style. It's not made in you know the Michael Bay style or any of the newer cartoons that have come out since they've been acquired by Nickelodeon even though Nickelodeon is the one uh, that owns the rights to Ninja Turtles currently. Um, I think I think the first photo on this uh, Steam um, piece, that or the Steam uh, thing that we're showing on the live, uh, uh, on the live recording, it uh, shows all of the turtles running, and I really appreciate that they all have a different run style. Like, they, different anime. They didn't do a stock animation. Like, Michelangelo runs kind of like an idiot. Yeah, like, everybody's animated <laughs> uniquely. Yeah. yeah. They have their um, own identity to them. Yeah. So, it, this looks really good. It, you know, if you were into that, um, you know, arcade style ever, if you, you know, even if you weren't necessarily into the Ninja Turtle arcade, um, then we got Donnie who was like Naruto running like as yeah, close yeah. as he can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty exciting. Really random. It was out of left field. Like I didn't even see it. And one of my friends was like, Holy shit, look at this. Yeah, I was um, actually surprised that you didn't blow up about it instantly because I was hearing about it from a couple different groups I was in too. Yeah. Um, they they totally did the classic T V series like song. Um, yeah. Dude from Faith No More is rocking vocals on it, which is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a really fun one. Um, I'll probably pick it up and uh, see what kind of fun co-op run-throughs I can do on it. Um, I'm also very interested to see what kind of DLC we can expect to happen with it, because you know it will happen. Yeah, um, they have so much stuff that, like, so many things are just kind of like, 
as you watch, just kind of popping up as like, uh, you know, like a longtime fan. Um, just some of the like small little nods that they throw in there, where you see the at one point during the, um, the cinematic, you see Donnie flying in the I, I don't remember if it was called like the turtle copter or whatever it was, but it it, it was kind of like a. Uh, I've seen them, like, in real life before as well, but it's almost like a really weird one-seater, open-on-all-sides, like, yeah. flying craft. Um, yeah, I mean, you see him flying that around. You see Baxter Stockman as the fly, uh, which is really cool. I know they've changed him quite a lot. Um, and then I'm, I'm even high. them, like, surfing. So I, yeah. I love seeing I love seeing uh, Rachel get a whoop some people or sorry April get a whoop some people. Why the fuck did I say Rachel? It's been a long day. I was watching Friends clips earlier. Uh, <laughs> seeing um, seeing April just like whoop people and then seeing um, Splinter running through the tunnel too. Like mm-hmm. I want to see if they're gonna add extra playable characters. I think it would be really cool to see extra playable characters happen. Yeah, um, but it's not something I would need. Um, honestly, I think that they're hitting the nostalgia factor really hard with this. And it's going to do very, very well. Yeah, and if you played, um, like, Mercenary Kings, I mean, the developers, they know what's up. The, that game is really, really good. Um, so if you haven't played that, it's like it, it's dirt cheap at this point, I imagine. And they have the, um, they have the uh, Reloaded Edition. Yeah, the Reloaded Edition's it's 20 bucks right now. So... Really, really fun game, and so so it just kind of gives you guys an idea of what you know, kind of what to expect, um, art wise, and um, I don't know. I feel like playability. This is going to be much different than what they've done in the past, but yeah, really hyped for this one. This one, I, there's no date yet. You can add it to your wish list over on Steam. I don't think they've announced it anywhere else as of yet, but. It's gonna, come to, go it's gonna come to consoles. It's, it has to. It's yeah, just more than it's stand to make too much money from it. For sure. Um and uh I guess the, the not even really the biggest news, because it was a weird news week. Was but um news week. the most conversation driving news of the entire week. Um Microsoft and Bethesda, um everything is official official, so Yeah. Um, we saw quite a lot happen from that. They did hold a roundtable kind of just talking about... Um, I, I didn't watch it. I know, Brian, you said you watched it, and they were just doing some introductions of all of the different companies under uh, Bethesda, kind of welcoming them you know, under the Xbox umbrella. Yeah, it was um, mostly like... It, it was kind of what you would expect as far as a roundtable, that um, it's more geared towards say news commentator but really more for the investors um there the second half was mostly just an introduction to all the different studios that are underneath zenimax bethesda's uh umbrella of production and it was just going through with the heads of each studio saying that they're excited that to get be uh part of xbox and uh they have high expectations that kind of deal okay um and I think the thing that the, the big things to know, the probably biggest thing that can affect you today is uh, 20 is like 20 plus Bethesda titles um, dropped on Game Pass. 
So, uh, you know, everything from Doom to Fallout. Uh, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, Elder Scroll, all in there, all dropping. Um, yeah, you can get uh, Elder Scrolls online. We were talking about that earlier. Um, all of the Wolfenstein stuff, which is really fun, uh, especially Young Bloods. I, Young Blood, I really liked the uh, dynamic in that. Um, even Rage Two, man, you can go back and play Morrowind. Um, That's honestly some of the big ones that got me is like ones like Morrowind. Um, yeah. I have never been a huge like Bethesda game fan. I love Rage Two though. We all know that. Um, my wife played a ton of Fallout 4. Her dad um, played tons and tons of Fallout 4. Um, I, I think her dad played more Fallout 4 than I've ever seen a living person play um, before he passed away, which was probably going to be a memory that's just always there. Um, mm. But Morrowind was the first Elder Scrolls game I got into that I really enjoyed. Um, and no other one has been able to capture me the same way that one did. Sure. So the fact yeah, that I, think... I can boot that up now is pretty awesome and um there's a lot of titles there yeah but what's the the best part is look how many of these are playable on pc yeah mm -hmm. like yeah. very very few aren't going to be on pc and it looks like new vegas is like the big one that stands out there is not pc compatible but you can pick that up for like nine bucks it's it's, it's fine if you want to like, if you want to own it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't accidentally gotten New Vegas on PC and like a thirty-eight cent Steam code from like some random token website, then that's on you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, we were just talking about before the show. You were booting up Doom Three on your phone. Um, that's right. Yeah, like the cloud stuff. There's a lot of these games that are mobile compatible. Um, I have a Razer Kishi. I got forever ago on a good deal, and I was like, you know what? I want to see how this runs. I got me into Doom 3 super quick, um, and it feels pretty good. Like, it, it doesn't feel terrible in any way. Um, I kind of want to try some bigger games that I'm a little bit further in, like Rage. Um, but the faster games like that aren't my thing. I also want to see how some of the RPGs go. I tried Skyrim once on my phone, wasn't the biggest fan, but it's still dope that I can do it. Yeah, exactly. Um so a lot of good stuff out there, you know, if you had been waiting to play some of these, uh, you know, I don't know how, you know, something like Fallout 76, you know, that, that's a good one um, that I feel like people waited to play. Um, yeah, you can just grab that for free now, base edition, download it, jump in, see if it's your thing or not. So um, some good stuff there uh, as well. They did talk during the round ta table they lightly touched on exclusivity, um, which I think probably produced some of the bigger stories to come out of this roundtable. Like you were saying, Brian, most of these things were uh, from the um, yeah from the investors side. I think, um, but you know, some of those quotes, uh, just talking about where they're going, um, they did say. Uh, you know, Phil Spencer did say, uh, and even in the future, there might be things uh, that have either contractual things or legacy on different platforms that will go do. Um, which is kind of interesting, just kind of saying, you know, like, still hey, relatively there are, ambiguous, but yeah, definitely it, incentivizing it, that. They are definitely looking into exclusivity with Bethesda's future works. Is what I uh, 
Yeah, the, the second piece to that, um, but if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is uh, this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. Um, and before the show, we've been saying it over and over again. Um, the, the, I feel like the real, you know, we feel like the next real um, next-gen thing for Xbox what is Game Pass. The, the, the console, the Series X, is kind of just uh, a way to deliver that to you in its best form. Um, but if that's not something that you want to spend money on, and you already have a gaming PC, guess what? We were just saying there's basically one title in these 20 Bethesda titles that isn't PC-friendly. Um, and I know we've talked about it before, way in the past, uh, before the latest consoles even dropped. Microsoft has been heading toward a um, non-console-centric, or and honestly non-platform-centric spot for a while. Um, they just care about software and you using them, like you using their their platform in a way. Um, and by platform, I I, I mean Game Pass. Uh, I, I mean their delivery services. It um, does. It really does help that idea. You know, we kicked off our news section talking about Destiny Two and them taking the expansion out. Uh, and things like that. If, if we move into this direction that Microsoft wants us to move, where it's not really about buying your titles, it's about you know paying for the subscription and going that route, it totally removes that idea of buying a DLC uh, because it's just provided with your subscription. Right. That way you don't feel like you're getting robbed of something that you purchased. You're just paying for the subscription. Yeah, at that point, in those kind of cases where they're rotating content, but you're still paying paying a flat rate to go that, then uh, that kind of becomes a bit more justified. But yeah, it feels it, better. It it's not surprising because when you look at Microsoft and the direction that they take a lot of their products, it's pretty on par with what they do. There's not yes, Microsoft has the Surface tablets and computers. But their main focus is on the Windows operating system suite. And that's available anywhere you go. And I feel that their move of taking video games in a similar direction with what they do with um, their operating system, with their office suite, things like that, is kind of a bit more of the same uh, in that direction where they're more concerned of just getting their software out into as many hands as they possibly can, regardless of the hardware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I think, um, it, and them saying, and we were talking about it a little bit before the show, them saying that there will be contractual things that they have to do, you know, legacy on different platforms that they have to, you know, live up to. Um, I think that that's just kind of free money for them. Uh, you know, it, it's just very much, uh, we do have to put in the effort or whatever to make it function on this other thing. But the overhead is going to be so low. And at that, they're either going to, okay, hey, if you want this, you can come over and pay fifteen, you know, fourteen ninety nine. And play it on where you know, places it's intended to be played, or 
you know, we're going to deliver it. If you want it on these other consoles, you're going to spend 60 bucks. Um, I, I think that's interesting. That's that might be the that might be the big dick move of this generation, to be honest. I think I that might be what it is, but honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised if they went one step further because they paid an enormous amount of money for Bethesda. And they're and the one lesson that they learned from this last generation is that they need exclusives in order to gain interest because PlayStation blew them out of the water. That being right. said, I think um, it's not so much exclusivity to the Xbox, but it's exclusivity to Game Pass. So while you're limiting the, on the service that these games are going to be available on, you're not limiting on the hardware that so long as this hardware supports Game Pass in some way or form, albeit being on an actual Xbox optimized console on the on a computer or stream to your phone over xCloud, I really wouldn't be surprised if that future uh, Bethesda titles end up becoming exclusive. And I really, like, as much as I wouldn't want to, I do. I can see a future where something like the next Fallout, the next Elder Scrolls, is exclusive to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. And I think that's just going to be a tough pill that some of us are just going to have to swallow because that is the reality of the business, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I definitely agree with them, you know, you saying that they noticed that exclusivity is what killed them. They had nothing last gen. That was really, really interesting. They had very few titles. Um, that was solely meant for them. But as well, last gen wasn't made as readily available as, as where they're at at the end of the last gen console. Uh, and moving forward, um, I don't know. I could I could very much see them going the route of saying, "Hey, here's all this stuff. Get it for fifteen bucks on any of these preferred platforms." But if you take it to our competitor, you can still buy it there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was saying before the show, likely a second release a year later. Yeah, uh, you like, can still buy it there. Like but, the because Ori that's... games and uh, Minecraft Dungeons and Cuphead started off as Xbox exclusives, but then they moved on to other platforms too. And I that makes that me just think gives that them... maybe there is a chance that there is this time-exclusive possibility. I think it just gives them the most bang for their buck because they get to take their marketing and go, buy this game, this is amazing, it is timed exclusive here first. And they get to get that big bang out of that. I mean, I couldn't imagine something like Elder Scrolls Six timed exclusive here. Play it here, and then they take that exact same marketing and everything. They have a small team retool it, and then push it out a year later for I know, honestly, other here's the big thing, though. I don't even think it needs to be about exclusivity anymore. No matter what platform it sells on, they're getting money from it now. Right, right. There's no need for exclusivity because they own no matter. Guess what, Sony fanboy? You don't want to give Microsoft your money, but you still want to play a Bethesda game. 
you're gonna give them your money. Like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. So it's it's a win win for them no matter what. I honestly think the only thing that could hurt them would be trying to make things exclusive, because they're not making much money on the on the console sales as it is. Um, their, their money is definitely coming from things like Game Pass right now, but when you get down to the point where some people only have the one platform, some people only have a PlayStation console, some of those people don't even have internet at home, so they can't get access to something like a streaming service. Um, no matter what happens, Microsoft is going to be making money. So I, I would love to see news articles happen where it's like, wow, this game sold so many more copies on PlayStation than it did on Xbox. And guess what? Microsoft still made money hand over fist at that point because the game sold. doesn't matter what platform it sold on. Yeah, and that's what they did with games like Minecraft Dungeons where it launched all at the same time on all consoles, yet also it was a Microsoft Studios game. Yeah, so it is uh, like a... Like, it is a ton of moving pieces in, in this. Um, it's not so much anymore. Sony can have its ex- exclusive games, and their exclusive games are bangers, usually. Um, it would be interesting to see them say the same thing. Yeah, Sony's if exclusive somehow, games... Sony's exclusive games have been exclusive to the sense that they're literally only available on that platform. Right. Um, the problem with Microsoft is... They don't just have a platform. They have Windows for PC, They have, which means you have several other places because when stuff drops, when we look at exclusivity on stuff, we very rarely see something that's, um, that's console exclusive and not on PC at all unless it's PlayStation, and then it still comes out years later. I yeah, I wonder, think with, I wonder how... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say... On that line, I do think that Sony is starting to test the waters with that with the release of Horizon Zero Dawn going to right. um, PC. And they're trying and to was... gauge just how um, equitable that would be for them to do a similar move where they were launching uh, um, their exclusives as console exclusives, not just pure exclusives to um, PlayStation. And that's what I was saying. I was wondering what portion of that Microsoft as a whole would make off of them PlayStation releasing their game on something like PC? Uh, it, it wouldn't be unless it were through a Windows store. So that's the fun thing about it, the way PC stuff is. We already know that platforms like Epic and, and how they pay out and how places like Steam pay out, um, all of this stuff that's Windows talk right now, you still have to you you can't just boot these games up that are on Game Pass and play them on any other PC platform you want. You're still locked into the Windows platform. You're having to launch into the Windows Store. Um, I I think that Sony's big gun is that they're still at launch, wanting everything to stay stuck to the PlayStation, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not trying to do any extra work to make them available on other platforms until they until they squeeze that sponge dry on console. They're trying and to pull later, to the more traditional route that we've seen. Yeah, and yeah. even now, we even as recent as the launch of the PS5, we had all these launch titles, all these games, where the original trailer mentioned console exclusive, um, but then they had to drop the word console and just make it say exclusive, because now we don't know if that's ever going to come to PC. Um, we don't know if the Demon Souls remake is ever going to drop on somewhere else. We don't know if Final Fantasy 16 is going to go anywhere 
other than PlayStation. Um, we still don't know if Final Fantasy VII Remake is really going to end up anywhere else because that exclusivity ends this month. That one year exclusive, what was it? Mm -hmm. No, was it March? What was the release date for Final Fantasy VII Remake? Because it was a one year exclusive. It was around. Um, but we're not hearing about it. Yeah. Are we finding ways that Sony's locking stuff down even better? Um, to keep things. Oh yeah, it was the tenth. Okay, so I April thought so. 10th. Yeah, like we're past that. Why aren't we yep. hearing about it? That could be this where Enix presents. Likely um, it I, is. That's, yeah, that's why I mentioned earlier. But like, we're at this point right now where, like, look at this. So yeah, April tenth. So yeah, we're coming up on it. Um, we're not hearing about it on other platforms right now. We're not hearing about you know Xbox this or anything. Um, Sony likes to keep stuff as far, when Sony talks about exclusivity, they try to keep that stuff as tight to their belt as they can, um, to the point where we have seen trailers get re-edited to drop things like PC reference from them, because if Sony can throw enough money at something to keep it with them and not let it go to any other platform, they will. Um, because Sony has already shown us a history that that will sell their consoles, and it has. Yeah, it's it's um, it's how that's how they make their money. Microsoft had to find a new way, I think, to make their Microsoft money. Microsoft found a great way with Game Pass, but then they yeah. almost fucked it up with Xbox Live trying to do the price hike. Yeah, like Microsoft almost. knows that this almost. is a very very tight rope that they're walking. Well, um, they're they're hungry to get people into their ecosystem on regardless of what platform it is, and that I think they the ultimate uh, push for them will be uh, maybe a slower attempt to ease away the traditional gold membership uh, into yeah. the ultimate Game Pass membership that includes online and the streaming service. I think that they'd either try to rush that too soon or too aggressively, and, that's, and so they receive the backlash as strong as they did. It's if they took more, I would almost say like a slower route of like, let's face it, Netflix subscriptions have been going up by a dollar almost every year, at least if I've noticed and stuff. And they've, they went that route with it. Would people care as much as what they tried to do a couple of months ago? It's kind of like the, uh, the classic, um, uh, you know, putting a frog in a boiling pot of water versus putting a frog in a normal pot of water and then uh, boiling it up, which one will make the frog jump out of kind of story. Yeah. Like yeah I, there, there's a lot there. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different approaches for it. Um, I just feel like end result out of all of it, Microsoft doesn't want to go too aggressive with anything as far as exclusive. Um, if anything, timed exclusive, and I could see that for developmental purposes, um, just to make the cost of helping develop some of those massive games so much easier by having them developed exclusively for a specific console like Xbox or for you know the Windows, the Windows um, environment, um, and then having a third party if they want to um, work on porting it over. You know they have the option of making these games all you know Microsoft exclusive. And then saying, hey, Sony, do you guys want this on PlayStation? If you've got a studio that wants to port it over, we'll let you. 
Yeah. And that's that can keep money, that can keep their resources freed up. That can leave all the money and all the pressure on the other platform to take it over if they want. And they can say, hey, if you guys don't want it, that's fine. But if you guys do want it, we're not going to pay for you to port it. We're still going to make money over the title anyway. But if you guys want to port it over and have a studio that can handle that, go for it. We've already seen that Sony has some amazing studios for remakes and remasters under their belt. For sure. Um, I think that would be a pretty awesome move. What I don't see going well is if Microsoft is learning every generation so far, they've had a big snafu as far as PR goes that has just boiled them alive in terms of like consumer perception. Right. Um, Back with the Xbox One, it was because they didn't know how to properly explain the always online stuff and the connect requirements, and that crippled them early on. Um, with this stuff early on, it was like people are already forgetting about it, but that that game, that um, Xbox Live announcement to try to jack that price up was the worst, and we saw how fast that happened. It was Such a bad time. Day that they rescinded. It was like people a, over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, it was less than a full day, and it was it was rescinded. Like we fucked up. We are sorry, um, and that just shows you how volatile it can be. If, if they jump out there and say, you know, going forward, all of this stuff is definitely only going to be on our platforms, they'd get eaten alive. Yeah, um, and, and I think that the the one side of the coin would be look at how many more people we can lock in with that. But the other side of the coin is going to be what's going to happen to those people that we alienate that way. How loud and how vicious is that going to get? And do they want to flip that coin? Um, I don't think. I, I, I don't think they do. I think they want to keep. Uh, and it goes back to them saying, I think they want "Oh, this look, we're income. hanging out with Nintendo." You yeah, know, I, I think I, they I, want these friendly relationships. They do, and they want to keep benefiting from it. Um, I mean, at this point, Phil is like. A, the, the smoothest like pickpocket ever high as fuck not, all the time he is just going to put his arm <laughs> over your shoulder and take that family photo with Sony under one arm and Nintendo under the other saying guys we can all get along I, I, we're, we're taking care of this game company we're letting the game run on your platforms as well and what happens when he walks away he's got a wallet share of every platform now um yeah. And I think that's the end game of the big Bethesda thing happening. Um, yeah, some exclusivity here and there in the future. And as he's saying, it's going to be, you know, here and there conditional. It's not going to be anything that we're out to do on purpose right off the bat. Um, but no doubt it will happen at some point. There's going to be an Xbox exclusive title. It's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just being real with it. Yeah. And, but, and, would the end game be a good? Would it be a good end game for them to say going forward, all this stuff's just going to be here? I don't think so because I think that's going to lose them more money than they stand to make. And if there's anything that we know, that was an expensive acquisition. They need to make all that money back. Mm-hmm. And I and and I think they will. I mean, they have Bethesda, their big three, just sitting on the horizon, just waiting to be announced. Guess where they're going to be announced? They're going to be announced by Xbox. Xbox yeah. is going to be, oh my god, look at this. This is the best thing ever. I think that I think that what's going to happen is more of those Bethesda fans and more of those fans of the studios that Microsoft has acquired over the years are going to be more prone to watch these Microsoft presentations now. 
And that means that while they're waiting to see those big announcements for the games they came to look for anyway, they're going to get intrigued by these other Xbox exclusives and other Windows exclusives they didn't know existed. And it yeah. might be enough to dip their toe in that. Well, Does that mean your Sony diehard is going to suddenly go, oh, i got to get an Xbox, this, that, and the other? No, but you're going to have a few people that are watching this just because, you know, on PC they're getting ready to play the new Elder Scrolls when it drops. They want to see the first stuff when it hits, and they see it on... You know, a long while waiting for it, they get three new ridiculous Xbox exclusives that no one saw coming. Well, it, that's going to um, be eye-opening. It for provides them. a platform for some of Bethesda's lesser successful titles to also be able to live on and continue. I'm talking things like the critically acclaimed Dishonored series, where it it's received so much love, but financially, it's just kind of it's not done what they've wanted it to do. And now that it's on Game Pass, they can definitely continue that series forward without having to worry so much about uh, its uh, sales revenue going on because now it's just part of that stream or part of that service. Yeah, That's and we won't see there. things like, like how Prey originally got buried and then kind of completely revamped like i think i think uh game pass would have been really good really good for prey when it came out especially during its like time you know time frame where all these titles are you know these titles were coming out there were other things that were kind of casting a shadow over it they could have said you know it would have been really good for them to be like oh uh but this one's going to be free on Game Pass. You'll be able to check it out. You know, it comes with Game Pass. Um, that would have done, I think, wonders for something that, you know, all in all, fell between the cracks. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, honestly, the news for um, the Bethesda, or Xbox Bethesda um, acquisition wasn't anything too surprising. We knew that games were going to be coming to Game Pass. Um, I think the talk of exclusivity just kind of scares people. It does. Uh, and that's why I've been trying to take the tone of hope for the best for the scenarios that YouTube been uh, talking about where we will see a timed exclusive, or it may be the same day, it's just that it's a better deal to get it through Game Pass than it is to buy it on an individual oh, basis. But that's Microsoft's big thing, is without a doubt, value yeah. for value is there. Like, launch day on Game Pass is why yeah. a lot of people jumped into those Game Pass trials around big game launches. Um, yeah. but It's I, why they gave Game Pass away with, the, with system bundles they've done. Like... Yeah, but I do advise, plan for the worst, that there is a chance that um, future Bethesda titles overall may very well end up becoming Xbox exclusives. Because at the end of the day, Xbox is a company and their main goal is to create revenue and uh, interest in their um, stock shares and stuff. So if they do the number crunchy and they figure out that while they may take an initial PR hit by uh, saying that, you know, Bethesda future titles are Xbox platform exclusives, 
But in the long run, knowing the legacy that Bethesda carries and the interest that these tiles carry with them, that they'll still they'll generate more from it and people signing up for Game Pass, especially with it being pushed out onto as many platforms as possible. Don't be surprised if that happens too. Yeah, and I think that's why um, you know going into this generation, uh, you know, myself, Johnny, Filtercord, I don't think that there was a ton. I think the only person that might have had that that were that was a little apprehensive was me um, on picking up the next gen consoles, and that this right here, this conversation was a big reason I decided. I, I, honestly, I haven't used. Um, I haven't used my Series X as that much. I've used it a decent amount. You know, I, I use it to play things that I that much like filter cord that I drone on about things like session and um, you know different things that I, I can't get elsewhere. But uh, you know, it, it, a lot of it was coming back to that. Well, I don't think that they would release Elder Scrolls 6 on just Microsoft consoles, but what if they do? Yeah. That I mean, was a it's a very real thing that you have to consider is that, that is, there is that potential, even if it's, a, you know, regardless of what size of potential, it is a possibility. Yeah, and, and we've been saying, I think, pretty much since we started the podcast, um, you know, we, we live in a time, if you're a big fan of playing video games, uh, it's hard to be a one-console diehard person. It's just, there's there, there's so many things that are missed out on. Oh, absolutely. If, 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 if you end up just doing that. Like, even in your case, you know, you didn't go next-gen for uh, Xbox, but... Guess what? You still have that Xbox, and you still play that thing several times a week. Yep. Essentially, so, uh, X, my, I have an Xbox One X that I'm on at least two or three times a week because my friends that I play online for GTA Online with play on Xbox. Granted, eventually we are planning on transitioning over to the PlayStation setting, but uh, for the time being... The Xbox is, a, for me anyways, has been a GTA machine. For sure. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there is something that's, that's you know, kind of keeping you there. And um, if something were to come out, I mean, likely you would still be able to get it on the console that you're playing it on. Mm -hmm. Or the console that you have. Um once that goes away, you know, well, it's one of those things I, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, on, and on that front, that that's a whole different story. Like, you know, looking at, like, uh, games that should possibly just focus on yeah. next-gen and just get rid of, you know, previous. That's a whole different thing. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, it does kind of tie back into that, you know, it's... It's really, I think, hard to be that, um, to to be that way that you know we used to be back in the day. Oh, I, oh, I just have this console because I don't see a reason to buy the other console. 
right. Do it. There's plenty of reason these days. So, but yeah, that's uh, that pretty much sums up everything that went down throughout the week. A um, few other stories, if there is anything that, of course, we missed, let us know. You can let us know over on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Um, we appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares over there. And then as well on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. A good place to know when we go live. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you'd like to uh, share before we go? Not that I can think of the top of my head. Uh, just a overall thank you for uh, letting me join in on this week's podcast. This was a lot of fun and. Uh, I really enjoyed being able to uh, be able to debate out, you know, things like the future of Bethesda and Microsoft, and <laughs> reminisce on the PTSD that was the Szechuan sauce from McDonald's. There, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, history history happens, especially here in America. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we we have uh, you know opportunities like this um, quite often, so um, I, I doubt. It'll be the last time we'll pop you back back on the show. So definitely thanks for joining us. That's no problem at all. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again. And uh, I guess with everything that's been going on like crazy out there, um, I'm going to browse through my PS Now catalog and see what kind of Bethesda titles are on there uh, to, before we have to say goodbye to them. Because I know that's definitely, uh, I think the Evil Within 2 might still be on there, which is why it's mm. not on Game Pass right now. Mm. Evil Within 2 is really good. Oh yeah, I already own it, so it doesn't matter. But I'm going to see if it's on Game Pass anyway, so I can stream it instead of download it. For sure. But alright, for Mammoth Games Inc., I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. I'm Johnny Rowhead. I'm Major Potty. Have a good one, guys.